Hi. Welcome to the to the Mary, Mary and Jerry, Jerry podcast. podcast. I'm Jerry, the grouchy historian. I'm Mary, neither grouchy nor a historian. All right. We're so glad you're here. That's I'm right. very afeard. I started saying, "Come, Lord Jesus, make haste to help, help us," because I have no idea what the yes. great grouchy historian, better known as my husband the love of my life, would like to discuss today on today's podcast. Oh, today we're going to talk about extended family. Oh, sweet Molly McGee. That, that's a loaded topic. I know. Um, do, you, do you have a... A plan? A plan. Of course I have a plan. Okay. So... It shall, was, we give, shall we give a little background on uh, our extended family? Background? What do you mean? We have one. <laughs> and we've had a very interesting relationship. Are we it. talking about my my brothers and their wives and my parents? No, we're mostly talking, we're talking about, about my your family. family. Yes. Okay, so we're talking about your side of the family. Right. Okay, is there a reason you chose one side of the family over the other? Yeah, because we have to tell the story of your first trip to Oklahoma. Because there are better stories with your side of the family. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> is that a good thing, Jerry, or a bad thing? It just is. It just is. It's just more stories with my family. So, um, okay. So let's uh, let's go back to the beginning. Dun, 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 dun. The earth cooled. To um, so we met, we dated, and then she decided to come visit me. No, 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 no. I'm going to stop you right there, Mister. Yeah. I did not decide to come visit you. You asked me. To come to Oklahoma for Christmas for no for New Year's, which was your birthday. Oh, that's right, my birthday. Okay. If you're gonna tell the story, then get the details. It was 1986. Right. It was a long time ago. Uh huh. Then how come I can still remember? No, it was 1986. No, it was the Christmas of 1980. Hold on. Six. We met in April. Yeah, 1986. Okay. So my honey lamb. It was your, it was your senior year at the Naval Academy. Okay, yes. So on my honey lamb, I invited First my honey year. lamb to come visit me in Oklahoma. Bought her a plane ticket and everything. It was a high adventure, right? Because that was your first time on an airplane? Yes, it was. Okay. So you came to Oklahoma. No, first you came to my house and spent Christmas with my family. Yeah, that was an experience. Okay. I will give you a moment to explain that. With I've never seen generosity. I've never seen anyone coach the TV with such intensity as your father did. He coached the Redskins to victory. Well, he did that all fall, but not on Christmas. I know, but I, I was just saying, being at your house in general, um, they they kept trying to explain hockey to me, which you still haven't. Thirty five years later, um, football. Um, yes, well, you know, Christmas with your family is was. Interesting. So Christmas Eve with my family is the best, or it used to be the best. Now that we all have our own families, we how was really, it the best? Because there used to be a honey baked ham and a shrimp cocktail. This huge platter of shrimp. Yes, that your mother very carefully rationed out and stood there as your brothers <laughs> went by to make sure that one of them didn't just dump the whole tray on their plate. I'm just. There were all the cookies my mom spent like the week before Christmas baking. That's right. That is the first time I saw the speculatus. And I'm That's like, right. what miracles these are. They they are miracles. They are of awesome. delight. Yes. And um and and we go to midnight mass. Yeah, nothing like Catholic aerobics at midnight. Stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. Stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. I think I was still Lutheran then. You are complaining a bit much, sir. I'm just pointing out that it is like Catholic aerobics. Okay. 
your point? <laughs> uh, nothing. Nothing. I got to spend Christmas at your house. I was away from the Naval Academy. It was great. Yeah. I got to sleep in the basement in My the same room that your brothers were big in. Roast Do you know beef? how much your brothers snore? I am aware they were downstairs. You could hear them up through the vents. Wow. They snore like my father. Wow. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. And they always gave me the side eye. It's like, I'm getting up to go to the bathroom. They gave are me the you? side eye. Are or are you, you trying to sneak upstairs I'm to like, see my sister, Mary Beth? Really? Anyway. They you weren't were a, that stupid. They were a suspicious lot. I was that brazen. I would have I will tell that story later. <laughs> but you were not that brazen. No. Okay, so then we then you came to Oklahoma, Oklahoma, and I meet your family for the very first time. Now, now, yes, now, Mm -hmm. now. Okay, let's 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 go through it chronologically. Okay, so I land in Tulsa. Right. I meet your father. Your father comes to pick us up at the airport. That's right. This is a man who drives fifty-five miles an hour when the high when the highway says fifty-five miles an hour. Correct. I have never had that experience before. You drove on the Beltway, which is just slightly less hazardous than driving in downtown Rome. <laughs> Anyways, so that was my first experience. Everybody was there to meet us. It was very exciting. Your brother was there with his wife. Your sister had come in. That's with the first time you met my sister. Puppy. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I met your sister and your brother. I think my sister was very glad to see you. Uh, she was I... very impressed. She's like... Well, now Jerdon, because my sister because I had manners because I that I, my sister was one of the four people who could call me Jerry Don at that mm-hmm. point in my life. Um, I, I think my sister. sister was just impressed that somebody actually wanted to come visit me and liked me of the female persuasion. I more than liked you. I knew you were the one I was going to marry. I'm not sure you knew it then. I bet my sister knew. I well, yeah, because we talked about it. I, yeah, that's what I figured. In the backyard. And mm-hmm. and she said, so what are your, you know, she basically had, what are your intentions, the talk. Toward my and I said, my, my intentions were to marry this man and have lots of babies with him. Okay. So I married you, but I didn't get lots of babies because we kind of messed that part up. But anyways, um, and then after we spent Christmas or celebrated Christmas with your family. That's right. We went to Tologa, Oklahoma. That's right. Salute. Which, which your, is where? Your first trip out to the prairie. Where your grandmother, where my grandmother, where the lived. farm, the family farm was. That's right, or is, and it was a five-hour drive. Yes. How'd that go, honey? Well, it went along fifty-five miles an hour along the Trail of Tears. I'm not talking about the Cherokee. I'm talking about mine in the back seat of that car. Yes, my father observed that you had a lot to say. <laughs> Basically. Talk the entire five hours. So something you need to know about Mary is that when Mary gets nervous, Mary talks a lot. And when Jerry gets nervous? Jerry goes silent. Jerry does not. So you can imagine sitting there with my very German Lutheran father and my very, not, not, not German, but very Lutheran mother. And there is my... Serious girlfriend, the entire trip. What was it my father said? Is there anything you don't have an opinion about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, my honey lamb opined on all things Oklahoma. Okay, I was nervous. I was asking about history. I was trying to be interesting. These were uh, my future in-laws, although they didn't know it yet, and I bet they were praying that they weren't going to be my future in-laws. But... I just, I was trying desperately to 
fit impress in. them and fit in. And we were getting ready to go to a really teeny, 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 tiny town in the middle of eastern Oklahoma. Western Oklahoma. West, sorry, western Oklahoma. See, didn't care about geography. And 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 meet the rest of your family, as in your cousins, your mother's mother, Granny. Oh no, you Granny met the Lena, whole family right was, we'll discuss that was one of 11 that's right and so i and was they going all lived, <laughs> lived in, the, in within in i would dewey say county. in dewey county oklahoma that's right close to each other that's right and and, most and they of, had for 50 years and most of them were still alive back, wasn't everybody still alive uh, then? yes back then yeah everybody all 11 great grandfather but yes, all of the eleven children were still right. Alive Lena's then. husband, your gra- granny's hu- husband, no, no, grandpa, grandpa, du- grandpa Dewar. Oh, was not. Yeah, well, had... where was Grandma Dewar? Oh, Grandma, no, no, Willis Dewar. Like my grandmother's father was still alive. So your great grandfather just passed away. My great grandfather oh, just passed okay. away a few years before. Okay. Anyway, let's get to the good part. So my grandmother lives on a farm. Now, it was she, traumatic. She this was. Tra- um, she was not farming, of course, anymore. But my cousins no. would come and they uh, feed the cattle. They would. They would run cattle on my grandmother's mm-hmm. property, and um, she had what they called a kitchen garden, which looked like seven of my mother's gardens put together. Yes. So, okay. So we're at my grandmother's and, you know, of course, all the relatives are coming by to inspect. To meet. The new girl. The girl from the East Coast. That's right. Lena's grandson's girlfriend, who's a city slicker. She comes from Maryland. Maryland. She lives in the big city, which of course is any place with more than 5,000 people. Correct. So they're coming to check her out. So my honey lamb is like, can we go take a walk? I was a little overwhelmed. Let me explain it from my point of view okay. before you get to your favorite story of all time. <laughs> all time. Oh, yeah. I was overwhelmed. There were so many people there. You knew they you were, were being all, graded, didn't I you? knew. I, I'm not stupid. I, I, I'm always most comfortable in the kitchen. So when I go somewhere that I don't know anybody and there's something happening in the kitchen, I end up in the kitchen and I'll wash dishes. I'll do whatever oh. just to have a conversation. What I didn't understand were the rules um, with the Lenneberg women, with the, the Dewar women, actually. And that is granny, it's granny's kitchen. And you ain't messing in granny's kitchen. Nope. And the only person that was allowed to be in granny's kitchen was Elner Pearl, her daughter. So my future mother-in-law. And Jelana was allowed to empty the trash and wash the dishes. That's right. Like she wasn't even cooking the food. No, nobody it was cooks just but granny. Elner Pearl and granny. That's right. So Lena, Lena and Elner Pearl in the kitchen cooking. And it was a teeny tiny kitchen. It was like the size of our downstairs bathroom. You know, it was just really small. So there wasn't a lot of room anyway. But like I came in and I was all excited. I'm happy to do the dishes. I'm happy to empty the trash. What can I do? Well, nothing, sweetheart. Why don't you just go out and get to visiting? Bless your heart. And I, I didn't know what visiting meant. I was like, are we going somewhere? Who are we visiting? I don't know. No, understand. you're visiting because people are coming to call. Yes, they're coming to call and to sit with you. So this was my first adventure into visiting. Visiting. <laughs> I've gotten much better at it now. Well, yes. So I was a little overwhelmed. So I asked Jerry, because all we go for the a relatives walk? came. Like, can we please go for a walk? There are so many people in this little teeny, teeny, tiny house that are asking me really personal questions and I just need to get out. I need to go somewhere. Okay. So I didn't have, it was very cold and I did not have a proper winter coat. Like I, Jerry said, Oh no, you won't need like a big winter coat. 
he lied, of course. Um, so I borrowed your father's barn coat or something. Something. I looked like a big old red marshmallow. So. We go out to see, and they're so, cows. So. And they're so happy, the so, little cows. We we walk outside. We head out to the barn. To go visiting. Yeah, I was going to go visiting in the barn. You were going to visit me in the barn? <laughs> Is that, was Why, was that yes. your intention? Yes, I was. Oh, I see. I didn't understand it that, that was your It was alone time. It was alone time. So, Understood. when we go out there, the cows... That didn't work out so well for you, though, no, did it? No, but it made a great story. So, we go out there, and the cows come up to the fence, because, of course, this is later in the afternoon, and that's about the time that the cows feed. get fed. So, the cows come up to the fence. Now, my honey lamb... Being the first time that she ever saw the only time I've ever cows. seen a cow was in the petting zoo at home. She goes, or during the state fair. She goes, "Oh look, they're cows!" And I said, "Yeah." She's like, "Can we go pet them?" And I said, "Well, we can, but we usually just eat them." Yeah, he thought it was real funny. Oh, I started to laugh. Okay, so then we go out and we she pets the cow. I pet the cow. It was a sweet, sweet cow. And I mean, I knew, figuring, I know it became somebody's lunch I'm later. I'm just trying but... to figure out how many hamburgers and T-bones you can get out of that bad boy. So then, okay, okay, you ready? As we're walking back so to the house. So then as we're walking back. I, I noticed something I'm on like, the ground. I'm like, don't step in that. My honey lamb looks down and of course there is a cow pie. Now for any of you who know anything about cows, cow pies basically look like a ginormous Cinnabon, right? Yes. So, so, so. You can't even do it without laughing. I can't laughing. even do it without laughing. So, my honey lamb is intently studying this. And then because she it was says, circular and with it was... a perfectly straight face, oh, she's like, How does the cow do that? Do they. <laughs> you can't even do it, can you? Do they poop as they walk in a circle? Oh, my gosh. And I. J- <laughs> Genuinely lost you my lunch. I fell the on the. I literally fell down. I was laughing so hard, and she's looking at me with this perfectly I was seriously lit- look. Like what? I was. I was. I was uninformed. I was unaware. I thought, <laughs> oh, it's a little string of poop that they just keep walking around until they <laughs> they finish it. And Jerry's like, no. And then I look over, and one of the cows happened to be going potty at that moment. He goes, just watch, and this very large amount of excrement comes out of their backside, and it plops to the ground and in the plopping it looks like a rock that goes in like the lake and it makes those those rings okay and that's how a cow goes poo poo okay but i didn't know that because i didn't grow up on a freaking farm in the middle of nowheresville america okay so anyway so no 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 so then i said to him oh you think this is funny and he goes oh it was funny it was funny he says wait till i tell my parents and i'm like you will do no such thing sir if you want a kiss from this girl in the next three days that we're here you will do no such thing It is a miracle I married you. So I did it. Oh, I totally did it. I totally. No, he didn't just totally did it. He goes jogging into the house. 
Oh, yeah. And Eleanor Pearl is there stirring the soup. And she's like, did y'all enjoy walking around the farm? Mary, what'd you think? And I'm like, it was, it's beautiful. It's beautiful country out there. And, um, you know, and Jerry's like, mom, you will never Oh, guess. no, no. I called in my uncles. I called in my oh, cousins. Boy. We had the whole fam damnly there. And I told the story. And they all cracked up laughing. It was awesome. The look on your father's face. He was like, this woman cannot be the mother of my grandchildren. It's not allowed. Oh my gosh. It was so funny. Now remember, of course, this is 35 years later, it's become family legend. No, she was really a little... Oh, I was madder than a wet hen. She was madder than a wet hen. She learned that phrase there too. She. I don't think you spoke to me the rest of the day. I did not. But... And I did not kiss you goodnight. No. And the next day when you tried to bring me hot tea to say you were sorry, I did not take it. But then? I did not sit next to you at the table. But then? Then what? I think my sister intervened. Well, your sister pulled me outside and said, Mary, you've got to give him a break. And I'm like, no, I don't. He humiliated me. And she's like... No, he didn't mean to humiliate. I mean, I, I was I was acting like a middle schooler who had just gotten her hair pulled by the boy he liked, she liked. And you, sir, were very inept at this whole idea of dating and protecting your girl. But but I got you back at Domino's because I wiped the floor with you. But Oh, but he won't talk about that. I am. You jumped ahead of the story. <laughs> but then I said, honey, why don't we play dominoes? You didn't say honey. You didn't call me honey then. No, I said, sweetie pie, honey. No, no you didn't did. do that. You said, hey, mayor. He said, hey, mayor, let's go play dominoes. Now, let me tell you about how we play dominoes in Oklahoma. It is cutthroat. It is like a cutthroat. The mafia. It's a cutthroat sport. We take no prisoners. And uh, my great uncle Wayne. Now, let me tell you about my great uncle Wayne. <laughs> This was my grandmother's younger, younger brother. brother. Now, my great uncle Wayne went off and he was in the combat engineers in Italy in Dub Dub 2. My great uncle Wayne, before he went off to basic training in 1942, might have had a little too much to drink at the local establishment. At the goodbye party. And the sheriff had to call my grandfather to come get him out of the pokey, as my mother told it. Get him out of the pokey and take him to the train station so he could get to boot camp. Now, my Uncle Wayne came from a long line of dominoes players. He took domino playing to an art form. He was like goodwill hunting of dominoes, right? So he would know if after after everyone laid down their first domino, he would know what everyone had. In Which their hand. I Each still, domino that everyone had. I still don't understand that because you're talking about different people. So how would he know that I had what I had? Because he knows people always play the same way. But I'd never played with him before. Sweetheart, you've been playing dominoes for 50 years. I'm just going to roll with it. So my honey lamb teamed up with Uncle Wayne. First mistake. No, Uncle Wayne. Well, he was my teammate, so we were in it together. Right. And he looked at me and he said, sweetheart, you just do what I tell you to do. And we'll, t- we'll make short work of these two. Yes. So my brother and I sat down and played Uncle Wayne and my girlfriend. This is when we discovered that your brother and I have very similar streaks of competitiveness within us. Oh, yeah. So Uncle Wayne, of course, and my honey lamb wiped the floor with us. Now, I, of course, graciously accepted that as my penance for telling the cow story because I knew Uncle Wayne was going to kick my ass. 
Can I say that? Yeah. Well, let's try not to. My brother, on the other hand, yes, my brother might have a bit of a competitive nature. Oh, man. And he was not happy that he lost. Not only that, but he was beaten by an old man and a girl. And a girl. And a girl that was making moves on his little little brother. Now, of course, eventually he got used to the fact that there was absolutely no way in the universe he was going to beat Uncle Wayne at dominoes. But he sure did try to beat me every time. (laughs) He sure did. So, Uh yeah. So that was the that's that's it that's that's what this whole podcast. No, is about. okay. So Mary okay. being humiliated. No, no, no. So now we talk about extended families, right? Because let's loop. be let's be uh, see. It segues into a serious part. See, I'm not just about funny stories. Although I love funny stories, um, <laughs> because okay, this is where we're serious, right? So that was your first introduction to my parents. How was our relationship with my parents for the next twenty years, dear? Oh, very hard. Right. Okay. Very hard. So here's here's we the made a lot of mistakes. serious parts I made a lot today, of right? Mm-hmm. When you get married, you marry, whether you like it or not, you marry into your spouse's family. And sometimes that can be challenging. Not enjoyable. So you know, I'll be honest, because I'm an honest guy. Um, we always got along much better with your parents than mine, right? Well, they they first of all, they were different people, but they also um my mom and dad had one rule about their grown adult children once they got married. Yeah, get your butt out of the house and go live your life. No. Oh, sorry. Okay, that might have been part of the rule, but that wasn't the key rule. Um mom's mom had two things. First, let go and let God. Like let go of them. They have to live their life. It is not our life to live and just cover them in prayer with God. So let go and let God. The second thing was they were not our children's parents and they were not your parents. So they would never offer advice. Never once did my parents offer any kind of advice unless you specifically went to them and said, we are struggling with XYZ help. Right. And the reason why they did that was because my mom had had watched um, some of the relationships in her extended family, my father had done the same where let's just say everybody had an opinion and offered it all the time. And they just, they couldn't abide by that. So they, they were very, very hands off. Now we also used to wish they would be more hands-on, you know, especially with our kids in the beginning. But they were both still working. They were both still young. They were 10 years younger than your parents. Yes. So, um, and you had a lot of commonalities with my father. My father had been in the Vietnam War. He was on a destroyer. You were a Navy flyboy. You'd been also in time of combat. So you guys had a common, right? Uh, something to share. I had Zippo, Zilch, nothing to share, nothing in common with your parents except for um me you and and I love to cook and bake and so did your mother yeah so um and your parents were not the kind to remain silent in their offerings of encouragement and influence yeah shall so, we say yeah so this is uh this is where we're brutally honest um cuz we are right on this podcast we're brutally honest sometimes most all of the time. time anyway um yeah, my parents, um, 
And, and I'm sure many of you have experienced both of these situations, right? But my parents in particular, um, totally, um, not totally, but I would say at least for the first 10 years of Courtney's life, just didn't understand and totally didn't agree with um, how we raised and took care of our daughter. Okay, so let's let's kind of back up just a second. Number one, they were born... In right. a generation where if you had a disabled child, a medically fragile child, a child who could do nothing for themselves, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, a mental disability. I'm talking full physical, mental, everything involved. Right. They would go to a nursing home. Right. And the family would go two or three times a week to visit them. Right. And that's just how it was done. Right. And so when we had our daughter and when she began to have seizures and then at nine months old, when she lost her sight and lost all of her mobility and her uh, developmental milestones, um, and we had to start all over again. And over the course of 22 years, never, never regained anything beyond nine to 12 months in development. Your parents took a look at that and said, you can't live this way. This is too hard for you. This is too hard on your marriage. This is too hard for Jonathan. This is, you need to find a, a safe and clean place for your daughter to be cared for so that you can actually have a life. Shocker. Guess what? It didn't exist. Well, it did. Actually, it did exist, but it's just not something that we would ever consider because that's not you and me. Well, we were not born of that generation because we moved so much. There was no, you know, yes, that is exactly what my parents would have done. My mom was a school nurse for 15 years. So she, you know, she dealt with kids like Courtney and helped parents, you know, make that decision because back in, in the day they had basically a a hospital nursing home there that was dedicated ba- to kids like Courtney. Those didn't really exist for us. I don't think they ever really understood that. As we moved no. around in the Navy, that was not, well, first of all, it was nothing we, it was not, not anything we would have done, but it, they didn't really, at least that I could see, had a facility that impressed me. Well, they did once we settled here in Virginia, they did. Um, and your mother did a bunch of research about it and presented us with that research. And the point is this. I We had made a decision with any of our children. We had actually talked about if one of our kids were to be disabled, what would we do? Mm-hmm. We Before did. we were married, it was one yep. of the rare things we actually talked about because I had friends that had disabled siblings. So it was something that I had seen. And I said, we need to make a plan like... What are we going to do and how are we going to do it? And we decided before we ever said I do that if one of our children had disabilities, we would have them at home with us. If they could go to school, they would go to school. And whatever we could do to make their lives the best life that they could lead, that's what we would do. Right. That's what we did. And that's exactly what we did. And your parents had a very challenging time with that. But again, you know, hindsight is always 2020, right? I can't. I can't blame them for that. That's what they knew. Right. And and as far as, you know, this big, brash, bold personality comes into the Lenneberg house, and there was only one big, brash, bold personality in that house, and that was Eleanor Pearl. And somebody else came in and had opinions and and loved to bake and loved to cook and loved a lot of the similar Wanted things that she did. Wanted to take over the kitchen. And I think she felt like, excuse me, sit down, little girl. 
you know, you get to earn this place. You don't just get it handed to you. So Ooh, that's an excellent point. But I mean, that's that was our relationship. So I I there were seasons where I it was much easier for me to communicate with her and to share things with her. She taught me how to sew, which yeah. is a great gift. Your sister taught me how to cross stitch, which I still I do both those things to this day. Your mother taught me how to can. Yep. And between what she taught me and what my, my own mother taught, taught you how to make chicken fried steak. Yes, she did. And the best lemon meringue pie on the on the planet. Oh, yes. Your daddy's lemon ice box pie oh, is still, yes. you know, yes, legend. My favorite. And um and so and and your parents were tremendously faithful. You know, Lutherans, they were in the Missouri Synod and Lutheran Church. So that was the most conservative of of the the three synods. Now there's just two. Um, they built three churches. They tithed like first fruits tithers. They were they worked in the food, uh, what is that? The Meals on Meals wheels. on Wheels. I mean, they did that for your mom ran it for like five years. Yes, that's you what know, my mother they did. Were the busiest she ran things. Retired people we Easy ever knew. Retired people. That's right. My my they were retired. My dad was retired 30 years. When you graduated from college? 20, 30, 30 years yeah. when he passed away, and they were busier in retirement than I think they were working. Yeah. They, so they were, they, they have, they both had your love language, which is service. That's your number one love language. That's how you show people That's right. how much you care for them, is, is you serve them. And so your parents served them. That was not my love language. I know. My love language is words of encouragement, which your parents. Not real big on. Not real big on. And my yeah. second love language was gift giving, which. Definitely not. not. So it was really hard to find a common ground. And we ended up finding some common ground with Jonathan and and common ground later in our relationship. And and as we've talked about before, we, you know, there were there were some moments that were very, very challenging that caused breaks in the relationship where we didn't speak for many years. But at the end of Courtney's life, it was beautiful. We had, you know. Her death brought about the healing of our extended family. That's right. And um, so now you can tell your greatest story, Thanksgiving 2019. So I know you've been waiting to. You move forward all of these years, right? Our our daughter has gone to the Lord. She passes away in 2014, and um, your dad passes away two years later on the same day. And so it's just your mom and your your sisters caring for your mom. And your mom, your mom's health is rather fragile at this point. Right. Um, I think she just missed your dad. She didn't know who to be without him. Right. Uh, they were always such a great they were team together. For Sixty years. Sixty-three years. Sixty-three years when your dad died. Sixty-one. Was it? I thought 61. it was sixty-three. Yes, because we went to the sixtieth, and he died the following year. Oh, my apologies. Anyways, can't count either. Um. Anyways, they were married for sixty-one years, and they loved each other tremendously. Um, they were a team and, um, and she was a little lost without him, but it's, uh, is it 20? It wasn't 2019, sweetheart. It was 2021. No, it was 2019, dear. She passed away in 2020. No. Yes. Oh my gosh. I don't know anything. It's been a long, it wow. was before okay. the pandemic, dear. It was, it was, the year. It was the year before the, the pandemic came in March and this was Thanksgiving before then. 2019. Okay. So the book has been published. Yep. Um, your uh, be brave and the scared has been published and your your sister is like you know we'd love for you to come for thanksgiving and when courtney was alive we really didn't make that trip very often to oklahoma because to fly was exorbitantly expensive and to drive was hard on her because she was in her wheelchair the entire time in the yeah she was not really digging that not a big fan so that was a very rare occasion where we did that but um 
we go. We go to your sister's home in Moore, Oklahoma. That's right. And I have the great joy and honor and privilege of making Thanksgiving dinner. Your mom came from her little assisted living place and I was fully prepared to be her stew chef. I was there. I was like, okay, let's, you know, have I earned the spot? Because still to this point, I was not in the kitchen with her. Even upon your dad's death, I was not in the kitchen with her. And so here we are. Um, and I, you know, your sister's gotten the turkey and, and she had asked me what we wanted to my do. My sister went to the grocery store. This is a really big deal because yeah. my sister hated <laughs> hates the gro- to hates go to the grocery, the grocery store. store. But uh, long story longer, <coughs> your mother is sitting in the living room and I'm like, okay, Eleanor, what do you need me to do first? You know, how can I help you? And she looked at me and she took my, my hands in hers and she sat me down in the chair next to her and she said, Mary, she's like, I know I haven't always done this well, but that kitchen is your kitchen. So you go do what you do best. Yeah, it wasn't my sister's kitchen because my sister didn't cook. Well, she did. She did not cook for your mother because your mother was very particular. So you're, we found out after your sister's death that she used to have supper club at her house. Yeah, we found out she was a surprisingly good cook, but <laughs> She's she was a very not good going cook. to cook for my mother. No. So therefore, I cooked my thanks, the Thanksgiving dinner the way that I, my grandmother's too, you know, um, dressing and, and all the fixings. All of the fixings. And, and we did the Lennonberg fixings. Uh, your dad loved a cornbread dressing and, and, um, Gosh, I can't even remember all the sides, but I made them. And I remember sitting down and watching your mother and I thought, oh, please like it. Please like it. Please like it. It's like Gordon Ramsay taste test. Is she going to say, you donkey, you didn't cook it enough. (laughs) And then I'm looking at your brother and his wife because they, you know. They came up. They came up from Dallas and, and they only, you know, your mother still was only the one that ever made the holiday meals. I'm looking at, you know, your sister. You were being weighed. And measured. You were being measured. And I was not found wanting. I was, I hit a home run. And your mom <coughs> was so emotional and um, she just thanked me. And, you know, we came to this place of peace. I wish we could have come to it 10 years earlier, but I'm glad we did before she went home to the Lord. Yep. So extended family can be as you said, very challenging. I think the greatest lessons that our extended family has taught us is humility. I seriously lacked humility. Um, I lacked understanding. I lacked maturity. Now, I'm not going to say it was all my fault because I'm too prideful for that, but I would say 75% of it, especially in the beginning, was on me and my immaturity. Um, so now, you know, now that I'm a mother-in-law. Oh, that was the segue. Well done. Thank you. I I want to do things differently. I don't want that kind of relationship. And praise God, I don't have that. Um, I know my daughter-in-law and I have actually sat down and we've had conversations about what is my lane? You know, this is when your kids get married, you know, it's not your parenting 2.0 right? It's not your caregiving 2.0. They leave you and they go and they are to make a home with the one God gave them. Yes. And so Jessica and Jonathan are to make a home together. And that is to build their family, which they started with our beautiful Jude. So 
that's not my fan. That's not for me to build. It's for me to support. It's for me to encourage. It's for me to um, show up when, you know, uh, new mama needs a, a nap and, and baby just needs to be held for a few hours because praise God, we live close enough that I'm able to do that. Or I was when Jude was little. Um, so I want to make sure from the outset, having had that experience with my own mother-in-law that we're not those people. And so Jessica is a pretty direct individual, which is something I love about her. And so I check in every once in a while. Um, I went a little crazy on the clothes shopping for the baby. Shocking. <laughs> and so she was like... I think like, all the people in Carter's know you by name. Hi, Mary! Pretty much. Mm. And she was like, you know, I think we're good. And she was so sweet about it. But, you know, then I then that, that opened the door for me to say, you know, are we... Are you good? Are we good? What do you need from me? Do you, do you need, need any, any more clothes with dinosaurs on them? Right. Oh, always. You need the next because size. Because Jude loves dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. They're his favorite. Mm-hmm. They are. Mm-hmm. Oh, I Anyways, know. Anyways, um, my point. Humility. Have some. The end. <laughs> what would you like to add, Jerry? Wow. What is your greatest lesson about extended families? Um, well, they're crazy, and unfortunately, you can't choose them. Um Sorry, I was talking about your brothers. Oop, can I say that on the podcast? Sorry. I'm not going to disagree with you, but wow. I'm just saying. Okay, your family. I'm allowed to. They're my brothers. Okay. So the very f- so like the third date with your brothers, okay? So on Friday night when the Caps played, your the mom- Washington Capitals, which is our hockey your team. Your mom would order Little Caesars Pizza. For anybody who remembered Little Caesars Pizza- it was like ketchup on cardboard, but you could get like two large pizzas in one box, right? They came in this single box for like nine ten bucks, bu- not yeah. 10 bucks, right? So your mom would get five of these. Now that's <laughs> 10 pizzas, right? Because yeah. apparently each of your brothers assumed that one of them was theirs. Well, they were all, uh, you know, uh, six foot two to six foot five. So the pizza athletes. guy would bring in the pizzas. Yeah. Your mother, your brothers would start looking like wolves around a carcass, and your mother would like stare at them, <laughs> take the pizzas, and go in the kitchen. Now, your mother, of course, being a very fastidious German, would open up the pizzas, put out some paper plates, put out some napkins, and then she would call your brothers in to eat. Now, the first couple of times that I went over there on a Friday night. The first night, six months. They, they did not speak to you. No, they didn't speak to me. They're trying to play mind games with me. I'm like, <laughs> dudes, I go to the Naval Academy. You will not be playing any mind games with me. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. But they like literally pushed me out of the way to get to the pizza. Now, of course, your mother was like, excuse me, guests get served first in this house. And I'm like, crap, don't call me that. Because <laughs> then they'd glare at me because I'd go in and I'd take like Two pieces of pizza. Two pieces, like two little squares of pizza. And my mom's just looking at him going, I know you want more than that. And he's like, no, I'm good. Yeah. And then and then her brothers- <laughs> Would it, take a pizza. Have you ever seen like the old, you know, was it one of the James Bond movies where they put the, 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 the cow carcass in the pool of piranhas and they take it back up and there's like nothing left but this little piece of rope? <laughs> That's her brothers with pizza. So finally, after about six months, I had enough of this nonsense. So I'm standing there as her mother, you know, we're getting pizza, it's hockey night, it's at your father is coaching the team again. Her brothers start to go in the living room and they start to run over me. And I'm just like, 
Back off, dudes. <laughs> and everybody's like, well, it's about time you he, stood up for yourself. He body checked one of my brothers into I the might have dining room wall. used a colorful metaphor that got me in trouble with yep. her mother and dad. Yep. Well, but my dad, dad chuckled, but my her, mom. Well, yes, her, your <laughs> dad. Your like, dad chuckled. Is like, you know, way to go. Good son. on you. Um, and <laughs> my mother was like, "Not in this house." Yeah, your mother wasn't very happy. But anyway, um, so where was I with this story? What lessons have oh, you learned you. from I'm your extended you family? Here. I, thank you for that. I just love. Yeah, that was a good story. Um, um, what is the greatest lesson your extended family has taught you? Um. I think humility is a good, but I also think independence. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, we made the decisions we made for Courtney. We and knew my Jonathan. parents did, and Jonathan. We knew my parents didn't dis, didn't agree with them, but you know, we, this is when we kind of stepped out into independence and, and declared our own and, and family structure. That, yeah. You know, mom, we are not going to put Courtney in a in a nursing home. That's just not what we're going to do. And. And I felt toward the very end of her life, when my parents came to visit her right before she passed away, one of the things we told them was, when we brought her home from the hospital the last time that September, one of the things that Dr. Um, Santos, right? Mm -hmm. Was that the guy? Her yeah. neurologist. Dr. Yeah. Santos, For her over neurologist, years. Yeah, good said was, you... The only reason Courtney is alive... It's because you have loved her to this point. Yes. I need a Kleenex. <laughs> oh, sweetheart. Rats. <laughs> so, you know, and that's what I told my mom. I said, Mom, if we if we had if we had put her in an institute or she a home, have a, been. she wouldn't have made it to her fifth birthday. No. She just wouldn't. She just wouldn't. And she certainly would not have lived the life that she had. The life that she led, which, you know, was... Imperfect, but beautiful. Her life. Yep. And, um, yeah. So that's what I learned. You know, you have to you have to be loving and you have to be, you know... And you have to have boundaries. But you have to have boundaries and you have to say, you know... But you, I think you also have to be, as we said, humble enough to know when those boundaries need to move in what direction. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. Mm. Anyway, our saint is looking out for you. She loves her papa and yes. interceding for you from heaven. Okay, I don't have a newlywed question game. <laughs> so the not so newlywed game. It is time now okay. for a question that I shall ask my beloved. By the way, we did it again, but we're going to fix it. <laughs> Go ahead, F think of your question. <laughs> the not so newlywed question. Jerry. Yes. What is my favorite place to go when I'm looking for rest and relaxation? What? <laughs> what do I do when I need to kind of clear my head? Where do I go when I need to just rest and think and figure it out? You're, uh, you, you take to your bed. I must take to my bed. No, I do not. I have no idea. Oh my gosh, seriously? You've been married to me for 35 years and you don't know the answer to this question? Well, it's not the Wegmans. It's not the Barnes & Noble. No, I am totally clueless. Where do I go? I, 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 what? <gasps> there are two places I go, living where we live. 
Number Wait, one. You go to adoration. Thank you. Oh my goodness. But I don't and know number where. T- well, wh- whoever's got adoration. Okay. Uh, and the second place. Christine's? My best friend Christine's house. Okay. okay. I'll give See? you that. Okay. that. That wasn't actually what I was, uh, yeah, was going to say. You can give me that one. I'll give you that one. But the second place really is where, and since we've had the dog, I definitely go there. The puppy daycare place? No. What? Great Falls. Oh. I go to the water. Okay, that's that. I always go to the water. I never would have gotten that question except for Christine's because I knew that one. Okay, so now we're going to reverse the not so newlywed game, Jerry, and we're going to, I'm going to answer that same question for you. Okay. Where does Jerry go when he needs to rest and relax and figure things out? out. Okay, where do I go? There are two places Jerry goes. Okay. One is to a chair in his office with his favorite history book and a glass of bourbon with one very large ice cube. That's right, because we're civilized and not savages. The second would be to the front porch to his favorite rocking chair with the same accoutrement. See, but I'm easy to figure out. No, and the third place would be... To the bookstore. Right. Pick a bookstore. The used bookstore, the library, the Barnes and Noble, somewhere where there are very, very large stacks of books. Right. Can I get an amen? I notice that I go to Jesus and you go to drinking. Yes, but sometimes I read theology books, so that counts. Because <laughs> if you're going to read the Summa, you better have a glass of bourbon. I'm just saying. Just putting that out there in the Oh, verse. my goodness. Anyways, okay. But hey, so- if you have a question for us. Or if you have uh, a subject you'd like us to talk about on the web on the website, shoot, on the podcast, or if you have a a not so newlywed question you'd like us to ask, you can call our hotline uh, at five seven one three five four zero three five one. You can either text or call and leave a message for us. Our hotline. It's a I don't know what to call it. Hotline. Our customer the service line. The hotline. <laughs> The missiles are Well, inbound. okay, you know what? You guys you guys out there in podcast land can name what that line's going to be. I don't know what to call it. I like the bat phone. <laughs> call the bat phone. No, 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 no. Oh, my gracious. So the takeaways from today's podcast are, um, you know, maybe you want to learn about farm animals and you should know about them before you go to a place where farm animals are, I would say. Okay. Um, extended family can be challenging. But rewarding. But rewarding. And, and you know, I remember my dad, and, and this is, my brothers have proved this to be true, that and your family did as well. It's something they both shared, that when push came to su- shove and somebody was in trouble, they circled the wagons. Yes. And both families are like that. And yeah. no questions asked, what do you need? How can we help you? We're yep. there. So that was always a beautiful part of it. But we need humility. We need boundaries. Um, we need the Lord uh, to help us differentiate, uh, you know, when to hold steady and when to acquiesce. Right. And um, nothing, you know, is bad enough that you should not talk to your in-laws for 10 years. Good point. Humility, people. Humility. Okay. So. So, we have now come to the end of the Mary and Jerry podcast. We're so happy that you joined us today, guys. That's right. I have no idea what we'll talk about next time, but I hope you show up for it. And uh, we look forward to connecting with you on our Patreon page or on the website. You can go to marylinneberg.com. And, and a- the Jerry and Mary podcast Instagram page. Right. 
marylenneberg.com, there's a drop down for the Mary and Jerry podcast. How about I finish? Well, my that's true, sentence. too. But see, if you go to the Instagram on the pod, uh, go to the Instagram page for the podcast, you can DM us there, too. Correct. Right? There's so lots of things. You there's can do. ways to communicate. What we have not. here is a failure to communicate. We don't want to have that. So we have lots of ways to communicate. Right. Okay. Yeah. Thank so you all. So you're going to sign off there, big guy? Signing off, America. Lord help us all. <laughs>